Welcome to Our Creator Calls, where we seek truth together. As I've mentioned several times on this podcast, there are dark spiritual forces that we cannot see whose reason for being is to prevent us from knowing our Creator. One of the main ways they do that is through deception, which is causing someone to accept as true what is actually a lie. For instance, you may be surprised to learn that yoga is not just exercise and a healthy way to relieve stress or improve flexibility, as many people think. Yoga is actually a spiritual practice with a spiritual nature that is both psychic and metaphysical. That's one reason why experts such as Professor Subhas Tiwari of the Hindu University of America says yoga is Hinduism. My guest this week, Dr. Lorette Willis, practiced Hatha Yoga for 22 years, beginning when she was only seven. She finally stopped doing yoga when she was 29, after giving her life to Jesus Christ. And soon after that, in 2001, she founded Praise Moves, a Christian alternative to yoga, which has helped thousands of people worldwide become fit witnesses for Christ in spirit, soul, and body. Lorette Willis says yoga is a dangerous deception that leads people away from Jesus Christ and into New Age spirituality. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. Well, hello, Lorette Willis. I'm so thankful that uh, you are here on Our Creator Calls. I've been wanting to interview you for a while now, ever since I heard about you. I've actually known about Praise Moves for quite a long time and your story. And ever since I started this podcast, I thought I've got to interview Lorette Willis and hear her story. So why don't we start there? If you could tell people how you got into yoga at the age of seven and what kind of an influence that had on your life. Well, yes. Thank you so much, Gaetan, for inviting me and allowing me to, to share uh, today. This is so important for people to realize because we've come to a place uh, in culture, in the world, in understanding and misunderstanding that yoga is just exercise with air quotes. And it's not. From having been involved in it for 22 years, from the ages of seven until I was 29, mom and I getting involved in yoga thinking it was just exercise. I mean, it was on uh, on television, actually. I grew up on Long Island uh, and New York City. And it was on, uh, there was a, a yoga program that was on every morning right after Jack LaLanne. And so it was, you know, oh, must be exercise. And so I'm, you know, this little seven-year-old girl. And, you know, whenever there is a spiritual vacuum, the enemy rushes in. You know, and there was a bit of a vacuum in our lives spiritually. We went to a church, the Episcopal Church, but it was a lot of um, it, it was a lot of form, and it wasn't. I never heard about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I never heard about about that. I enjoyed going to church. I had a desire 
to know the Lord when I was very little. I did have uh, visions and I enjoyed um, telling jokes to the Lord because I thought his job was so difficult, you know, I, I should make him laugh. And, and I would feel the presence of the Lord when I was, especially when I was upset and I would run into my closet and close the door and I would sense the presence of, of the Lord and I would hear a voice over my shoulder, everything is going to be all right. And this was from the time I was three years old until I was six. And then I guess that age of accountability came that Paul talks about, sin revived and I died. It was that sort of thing. This wall came up. And I remember not having that close association with the Lord any longer. Uh, my mother had three nervous breakdowns when I was growing up. My parents were um, uh, rather wealthy. My, my dad was uh, an attorney and a judge. My mother was the first woman assistant district attorney on Long Island. Um, brilliant people. Everything looked very nice on the outside, but inside there were a lot of problems. My mother was an alcoholic. Uh, my father was a compulsive overeater and rageaholic, you could say. I began eating compulsively, overeating emotionally, you can say, when I was six years old to numb myself. So we were ripe for something like yoga to fill that void in our lives, in our hearts, that only Jesus can fill. That missing P-I-E-C-E, -E, peace, um, was the peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, of the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom, uh, as he's called in Hebrew, the Prince of Peace. And so we began watching the uh, yoga program, and my mother felt that spiritual pull because that's the thing with yoga. It's not merely physical exercise. There's a spiritual element to it that is very compelling, that's very attractive. It attracts people. The enemy is evil, but he's not stupid. He knows what draws people in. And my mother and I began going to an ashram uh, which is a yoga retreat center in upstate New York. I was, quote unquote, blessed by Swami Satchidananda when I was 10 years old. And an amazing thing, I met the man, uh, Lawrence Zupan, who was uh, Swami Satchidananda's right-hand man. He was the director of the Integral Yoga Society. He started Yogaville in Connecticut. Um, he has since become a Messianic Jew, a uh, believer in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, as is said in, in Hebrew. And so to be able to speak with someone who was so high up in the yoga world, who came to the end of himself, um, realizing that yoga is, it's like living on cotton candy. You know, the taste is sweet. It seems to melt in one's mouth, but there's no substance. And if one tries to live on it, they will die. It is a death style. It's not a lifestyle. Yoga is a yoke. And that's what yoga means is to yoke. And it's yoked to a different God than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So even people who say, well, I don't do any of the chanting or anything like that, I'm just doing the exercises. I don't think they realize that the poses in yoga 
our offerings to the 330 million Hindu gods. There's a skewed trinity of sorts in uh, the Hindu uh, belief. Brahma, the so-called creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. Shiva, the destroyer, is known as the Lord of Yoga, Logeshvara, it's called in Hindu. So while it seems that, oh, well, I mean, that's okay, is, isn't it? Well, these are things that are offered to idols. In Acts 15.29, I believe, says, abstain from things offered to idols. So even if you're a strong believer, there is a compelling element within yoga. I was in it 22 years. I also taught it as well. Even in the cues that one gives as a yoga instructor that twist things just enough, that create just enough suggestion that can draw one away from Christ. And that's what happened to my mother and myself until, by the grace of God, I came to the end of myself when I was 29 years old. I was living in a New Age community. I was an alcoholic. I smoked. I had a horrible lifestyle, death style, you could say. But you know, I wanted someone to love me for myself. And the Lord will take whatever it, uh, whatever it, you know, whatever he can, let's say, um, to bring us to our knees. He'll use whatever it takes. And for me, it was loneliness. The day before I came to the Lord Gaitan, it was a um, March 31st. I was living in a New Age community. My mother had taken her own life, sadly. Uh, two years later, my father died of diabetes and heart disease. They were, um, they were divorced many years. I was my parents' only child. When my dad died, I left uh, the United States, left New York City, where I was a struggling actor and comedian. Um, did the Betty Boop show off-Broadway. I certainly did. Boop, boop, be doo. If anyone knows, they'll know. they'll know that a little bit of wackiness there. But you know, the dogs wasn't enough. The laughing, all of that wasn't enough. I was hollow on the inside. And so I backpacked around Europe for six and a half months, uh, looking for God in all the wrong places, going to all the sacred sites, 20 countries. I went to Peru, went to Machu Picchu, went to Asia, went to, I mean, just went all over looking for the Lord. And then, when I was 29 years old, came to the end of myself. The day before I turned my life over to Jesus Christ, I was driving home to the um, house that I had in this New Age community in Oklahoma. And I heard this voice behind me. What if everything you thought about God was completely wrong? Would you be willing to give it up to know the truth? Now, it wasn't quite an audible voice, although I have heard the audible voice of the Lord three times in my life. This was not, but it was so loud. You almost wanted to look around and think someone was there. What if everything I thought about God was completely wrong? Would I be willing to give it up to know the truth? Yes. Yes, I would. Not knowing then that the truth is a person. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. I said, yes, I would. I'd spend thousands of dollars wanting to know the Lord, wanting to know the truth. And the next day, April 1st, I went from being a fool for the world to a fool for Christ on April Fool's Day when I was 29. And I was walking around, walking around my kitchen, just, just 
feeling this battle going on on the inside of me. And finally, I just surrendered. I said, I surrender. I give up. You win. If you can do something with this life, you can have it. And Gaetan, I fell on my knees and then on my face. And I felt a physical weight lift off me, which I learned later was the weight of sin. It felt about 30 pounds. And New Agers, as a New Ager, which I was into the New Age movement and that spirituality, we believed that sin was an acronym for self-inflicted nonsense. So it's like, well, why did Jesus come? Oh, he was just a good teacher. And then with my prayer, I, I said, if you want me to be alone, then give me peace. If you want me to be with someone, send them soon, because I can't live like this anymore. And when that weight was lifted, Gaetan, I then felt a peace descend upon me for the first time in my life. And from the center of that peace, joy, not mere happiness, but joy, unspeakable and full of glory, as the word talks about. And it was the most wonderful thing. And I realized later, the Lord delivered me from alcoholism at that moment. I had been drinking just about every day since I was 13 years old, you know, still able to do many things and, you know, work and all of that, but dead on the inside. And here's a beautiful part to this story, and I'll end with this, that four days later, I met my husband, Paul, who had three years clean and sober when we met. <laughs> and so alcohol and drugs never came in. The Lord answered my prayer. He is faithful. And by the grace of God, he's given us a, a fitness ministry called Praise Moves, which is the Christian alternative to yoga, not Christian yoga, because that's an oxymoron, like a Christian Buddhist, no such thing, but it's a Christ-centered alternative to yoga. And we have instructors all around the world. So God was able to take the ashes of my life and make something beautiful out of it to his glory. Indeed, that was such a story and I love hearing it. It reminds me in many ways of my own story, very different in many ways, but lots of similarities. And just that knowing and that transformation from being in such darkness to going into the kingdom of light, I so relate to that. And I also really relate to what you were saying about when you were a child and you, you had that connection with God and then it got lost somewhere down the way. I understand that too. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that do understand that. I do want to talk about Praise Moves because it's it's a really awesome ministry that you have, and I think it is definitely of the Lord to help people be fit and, you know, basically do a lot of the things that, that you do in yoga. It's basically very similar, but very different. And we can talk a little bit about that in a bit, but I do want to talk a little bit more about yoga in the sense that so many people, you mentioned Christian yoga right? You mentioned that. And even people who, who do it, um, they think it's just the stretching. And you talked about how it is all of these different stretches are actually worship to Hindu gods. So how do you relate to people, those who are still in this? I mean, it's on every street corner now. It's everywhere. It's being held in churches and retreat centers and everywhere. You see yoga on every uh, street corner, like I said. So what do you say to people who just don't understand what it is and in the sense that it's more than just a physical exercise 
to relieve stress and to improve flexibility. It's so much more. Mm-hmm. Well, I would ask them, have you ever felt uncomfortable in a yoga class? Have you ever had what some people call a check in your spirit? Something just didn't seem right on the inside. Oh, I know it made a lot of sense in your head. Maybe your your doctor or or um, you know Oprah or whoever had said that you know yoga is totally fine. It's just stress relieving. Well, you know, if every time someone did yoga, they said, you know, I would have felt better if I hit myself on the head with a brick. No one would do it, right? The enemy, as I said, is evil, but he's not stupid. He knows what draws people in. And in a stressful society, people are feeling that stress. Physiologically, stretching is very good. Physiologically, deep diaphragmatic breathing is very good. However, did you know that the pranayama breathing that is done in yoga, it's, you could say, transference of or manipulation of life force energy. And I'm reminded of something that the Apostle Paul said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's Ephesians 1, 3, where he calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. And he's not talking about oxygen. He's talking about that second heaven, if you will, that, that, um, that space where there's angelic and demonic influence that we don't really want to mess with. Now, here's a difference between New Age and Bible. Let's look at Philip. Do you remember in, uh, in the book of Acts when, when Philip ran alongside the, the chariot of the Ethiopian uh, eunuch, right? And he was there and he was, he was trying to figure out what is this scripture talking about? Who is this, this prophet, this savior, this, you know, who is, I want to understand. And so Philip was there and explained to him about Jesus. And the man's, oh, well, it talks about baptism. There's some water. Let me be baptized. And, and so he was and, and spread the message then back to, uh, to Ethiopia. Well, what happened to Philip then? Did he sit in the lotus position and chant and begin to levitate to make something happen, to bring himself to another area? No, he was carried by the Spirit of God as the Holy Spirit wills. He was translated to another place. Now, that's the difference between as the Spirit wills and us trying to make something happen. That's what happens in, and I know the type of yoga also that you are involved in, and there are, there are a number of different types of yoga. I was primarily hatha yoga, which is the exercise that is um, kind of the stepping stone to raja yoga, which is the, like the king yoga, all of that. And there's kundalini yoga, which is very dangerous and can cause psychosis. There are so many things that draw people in and to think Gaetan, that this is being done in schools as well as a way to oh we're just trying to calm the kids down and and meditate and no 
we're opening ourselves up, or people who are doing that rather, are opening themselves up to spiritual influences that are very deceptive, very devious. And people have accused me, Gaetan, of, of being a fear monger. But you know, it's out of love that I say these things. And, um, and for people to, to consider carefully what they're doing. Look at, you can go to praisemoves.com. I have a free download. They can take a look at it with the truth about yoga and to look at some of those things. Because when you look and you see to whom yoga is dedicated, the Lord of yoga, what is something dedicated to the Lord of yoga, Shiva, the destroyer, doing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, Shiva, he is the destroyer. He is the Lord of death, you could say. So yoga really is a discipline of death. It prepares the body for death. Now, why would someone want to do that, to have that kind of control over the body? Well, in reincarnation, the Hindu belief in reincarnation, the sooner you're over in this life, the sooner you can go on to the next. Yeah. And that's the deception of yoga, one of the deceptions. Yeah, and um, it's all based on Hinduism. It's all based on reincarnation. And you you talk about in, in the book that you have about the truth about yoga, how yoga is a missionary arm, not only of his, Hinduism, but of New Age spirituality. They go hand in hand. And this is the thing. You know, you talk about the enemy. Basically, what we're talking about is the devil, is Satan, the serpent, many names, the great deceiver, the prince of, of lies, so many different names, right? But we only have one enemy and that enemy is out to prevent any one of us, any human being from having a relationship with our creator, with Jesus Christ. And this is a really keen way. This is a key way that it's happening. And many, many people are being deceived, right? Deception. It's a lot of truth a lot of something that looks good, but there's just that, and often that stumbling block is, who is Jesus? And, you know, I, I find it really interesting that this has really just been huge in the West. It's a huge thing in the West, because people in the West, they might buy into all of this, but they don't have to live by the case system. Like if you were a Dalit from India at the bottom of the case system and you are basically an untouchable and the reason why you're untouchable is because of the way that you something that you did in your previous life has determined where you are now people don't think about all of these things you know it's uh it's that's i think a big part of the reason is there's just not enough understanding of what this really is so what would you say to a christian you mentioned earlier that Christian yoga is an oxymoron. I could not agree more. They are opposites, completely not compatible at all. And yet you say in your book that many Christians have been drawn into new age spirituality and metaphysics through the doors of yoga and Tai Chi, the yin and the yang, the dark and the light. That's a whole thing. And that we are, we get those messages constantly in movies all the time, right? Both are mystical phenomenon and they're clever, cleverly disguised, but that's really what's going on. 
You're doing exercise. Meanwhile, you are being influenced to believe in an, a, something that is a lie that's going to bring you into deep darkness. What do you say to Christians? Because a lot of Christians do yoga and don't have any problem with it and do not understand what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I would go back to, again, the being aware, being aware of what yoga is. And can one truly be involved in something and deceive ourselves so much? Well, I'm just doing the exercises. I'm just doing the, the stretches. Would you agree, I would ask them, that there are influences that we cannot see that may have a profound effect upon us no matter how strong we are in our belief that we are yoked to the Lord Jesus Christ who said my yoke is easy my burden is light it's a different yoke yoked to a different Lord is what yoga is which means to to yoke so I would also say consider your brother consider your sister you're being watched there are people who look up to you and they say well you know Mary does yoga at the YMC what does that C stand for Oh, Christian the YMCA you know that Christian organization or at church they have yoga classes many are, and they have no idea the mysticism that's being drawn into the church. So let's say, you know, a young believer says, well, Mary does these yoga classes, so, you know, it, it, it must be good. And it's, oh, it's just a secular yoga. Oh, yeah, they don't do any chanting or anything wacky. It's, you know, just, and they do like a little namaste or something at the end. They say a little namaste something. I don't know what any of that means. And they do little funny things with their hands. And they talk about, you know, energy coming out and energy coming in. But that doesn't really mean anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does have an influence. That's part of that pranayama. In praise moves, what we do, we do deep diaphragmatic breathing, the same as you would do in praise and worship, or you may have learned as I learned as an actor in acting school, how to project one's voice and breathe into the lungs. So totally physically. But I would say, do you think that what you do has an effect on others do you think they're watching you you know they say well mary goes to this yoga class at the ymca or at the church but i i live you know quite a few miles away and right down the street there's the you know the ramalama ding dong you know ashram or the whatever and and i'm just going to go to you know this yoga class because it's just exercise and then we don't see her at church anymore you know it's for this reason as a recovered alcoholic by the grace of god i don't go into liquor stores and it's not because, oh, I'm so afraid that I'm going to give it. It is so not a part of my life. I don't go into bars. I don't, if, if I'm invited to a meeting or something like that, and the only seat available is in the bar, I don't go there. Why? Because of who might see me. Oh, because my reputation is just so all that. No, it's because I am my brother's keeper. You are your brother and sister's keeper. I mean, like, let's say I'm walking down the street 
and it's my friend Susie's birthday the next day. And in the window, there's this cute, adorable little stuffed kitty cat toy, you know, that's in the window of the liquor store. I don't know what it's doing there, but it's just, oh, it's just perfect. She loves those things. And so I go in there and I just, I'm not buying any liquor. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But thank you, little kitty bag for Susie. I just, and they put it in a little brown bag and I walk out and, you know, Bubba from church happens to drive by in the pickup and he looks and says, well, look at there. Sister Lorette coming out of the liquor store with the brown bag. Well, I didn't know. I guess it's all right. And maybe he goes off and he starts drinking. What could my mm -hmm. demeanor, could my actions have an effect on someone else? It's not out of fear. It's out of love. Mm -hmm. Can you put those things aside? I'm not saying, oh, you've got to do praise moves. Do plain vanilla stretching if you want. It's so good for you. But consider your brother, consider your children, your grandchildren, consider your relationship with the Lord first and foremost. Yeah. And right now we both have new age backgrounds. We've both been in yoga and maybe that's why I feel such a connection with you and have been wanting to talk to you for so long. It's, I look at what's going on and there's so many avenues of new age spirituality going into the church. Yoga is just one, but it's a big one. And people, once they open that door, that's all that the, the, the devil, the Satan, our enemy has no way to influence us unless we let him, unless there's an open door for darkness to come in, for deception to come in. So do you believe, do you think that this is a way that, that, well, I, I, I certainly see it happening, you know, astral projection, you talk about communication with spirit guides. It's all happening in the church. I've seen actual leaders in churches talk about this stuff, you know, guided meditation, visualization. It's been going on for a while. It's all connected. So how do we get out of this? How do we stop it? How do we, I mean, I, I want, this is why I started this podcast. That's why you're doing praise moves and all the things that you do to warn people, to educate people, because it's not going anywhere good. So how do we, how do we, how do we stop this? How do we wake people up? Well, I think the most important thing that we need to do to answer your, your question, Gaetan, is go back to the Bible, the word of the living God, because that is what shows us what to listen to. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And we want to be able to attune our ears to the voice of the Lord. It would make sense that the enemy wants to turn us away from the Word of God, who is Jesus. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14 says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Revelation 19, 13 says, when he comes back, his name is the Word of God. So we know the Word of God hear so very important those who have ears to hear let them hear and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god that's how we get our prayers answered romans 10 17 hebrews 11 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence 
of things not seen, not yet seen. So of course the enemy doesn't want you meditating on the word of God, but wants you to be led through guided visualization. Even someone who has the best of intentions and loves the Lord with all their heart, or so they think, but they can lead people astray. So what is it we're to meditate upon? Philippians 4, 8 says, Whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any, any virtue, anything praiseworthy, think, meditate, cogitate, ruminate on these things. That's what we're to meditate upon. How do we meditate? Here's a beautiful way. So simple. It's done audibly. The word is hagha in Hebrew. And it comes with it the rather unappealing but humorous um, picture of a cow chewing the cud. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. A ruminant animal, right? To ruminate means to meditate, to think on, to chew on something. You may have heard people say, I'm going I'm to chew on that for a while. And they mean they're going to think about it. They're going to ruminate on it for a while. Well, what does a cow do? It chews the cud swallows it, and then it comes back with added nutrition. It chews some more. That's what we do with true Bible meditation. We take the words such as Psalm 23, and it's said that in Old Testament times that the word was spoken aloud, even softly, during meditation. That's what hagha means. It means to meditate, to ruminate, but it also means to mutter, to speak under the breath. So how could you do that in your own day? You're out shopping, or maybe you're getting ready for the day. You're driving to work, picking up the kids. Let's take Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, you are my shepherd. I'm your sheep. I shall not want. I do not want. I want for no good thing because you supply my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm so grateful. I want for no good. Th That's true Bible meditation. That's why the enemy wants to turn us away from that. And the meditation that's done in schools, they're, they're doing that with children right now too. We talked about guided visualization. But you know, there's what I call the 3D attack of the enemy. The first D is deception. If he can deceive you, he will. The second D is discouragement. If he will discourage you, if he can, he will. Rob you of courage from your heart. That's discouragement. Use other people to do You can't do that. Oh, yeah. Or deceive you into thinking, well, for example, that yoga is just exercise. That's deception. So deception, discouragement. And, and if he can't get you with those two, he'll try his third D attack, which is distraction. And how many people are distracted and led away? So, so busy, so busy by life. I'm too busy for you. I'm too busy. You know, I, I don't use the word by the grace of God. I don't use the word busy anymore. I see it as an acronym, B-U-S-Y, burdened under Satan's yoke. 
So we're not burdened under Satan's yoke. We're busy no more. But we think of those things as the word of God would have us to think. And as you do that, Gaetan, what starts happening, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself, your ears, your inner ear becomes more attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit of God so that you can be led as that, as that sheep, as that child by the good shepherd. But if we don't know his voice because others have been leading and guiding us, how will we know his voice? It's interesting when you talk about voice, because I hear this often. Well, I don't hear his voice. He doesn't talk to me. I, I, I don't understand him. How do you know it's him? I, you know, whatever the question might be, right? And the whole thing with meditation, you know, I'm going to open up my mind. Oh, you're not open. Well, I was very open before. I was very open and all kinds of deception came in because my mind was open to receive it all. And now I'm able to discern another D to discern the difference between what's those other voices, the deceptive voices and the true voice. And the only way you can do that, like you said, is to meditate the true biblical way of meditation is not to just open your mind, it's to actually meditate on the Word of God. And the more we learn the Word of God, like you said, the more we know the Word of God, then we know what's true and we hear the voice. Oh, it's so simple. But, you know, we have Bibles everywhere. People, there's Bibles everywhere, Bible apps, all kinds of, you know, editions of Bibles, translations of Bibles, everywhere. And yet Bible literacy and the, the, the thirst for the Word of God seems to be really, it seems to be really waning. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I believe the Lord has uh, given us this unique, uncompromising fitness ministry called Praise Moves, because in Praise Moves, the Christian alternative to yoga, and we have other um, exercise certifications as well, each one is centered and founded on the word of the living God, that we meditate and speak aloud while doing stretching, strengthening postures, or whatever the exercise is. It's always accompanied by the word in some way, with the reference as well, because we want people to know the address to go to. And why do we do that, Gaetan? It's so they will not be deceived, so that their prayer lives will be enhanced because faith begins where the world, where the will of God, where the word of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. How can I have faith for something if I don't know what God's will is? Am I just kind of throwing a spaghetti at the wall prayer? Or am I doing a 1 John 5, 14 and 15? 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, which is his word, he hears us. He hears me. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, as our present possession, we know that we have those petitions we've desired of him. 
So each one of Praise Move's postures is ascribed a scripture that we meditate upon and speak aloud while doing a stretching strengthening posture. There are over 150 Praise Moves postures. There's a core 22. In fact, we're working on a new new video right now. We have hundreds of Praise Moves instructors all over the world. And I'm especially excited that we have uh, we have Praise Moves instructors in India, including in Bangalore, India, where there is the huge statue of Lord Shiva, the Lord of Yoga. And so we have Praise Moves classes there now. So Gaitan, what I like to say along the lines of what you were saying about how to get the Word of God into people, how to have people appreciate more the Word of God and to really meditate on it, we like to say, that exercise is the witty invention in praise moves to get you more into the Word of God and more of the Word of God in to you. That's what it really is. We say transform your workouts into worship with praise moves because you can worship the Lord in His Word. I mean, Jesus said that in John 4, 23 and 24, when He was speaking to the woman at the well. He said, um, he said, those who worship the Father shall worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, well, what is spirit and what is truth? You look at John 6, 63 and John 17, 17. Jesus himself said, he said, my words are spirit and they are life. And then he also said to the Father when he was praying for the disciples and, and by extension for us, he said, your words are spirit, your words are truth. So God's word is spirit and truth. We can worship him in his word and be transformed thereby. I want to sound like my father. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I actually was able to experience Praise Moves. I really loved what you did on International Praise Moves Day, which yes. was actually, yay, the same day <laughs> as International Yoga Day. So, right. and that's mm -hmm. awesome that you have uh, yoga classes in Bangalore that's right in your face, right in the face of Lord Shiva. So Praise I love that too. There, yes. There's mm -hmm. something about um, there's something about moving and being active when you're actually speaking out the word of God or hearing the word of God because you're you're doing two different things, and so you're you're moving, but you're not uh, you're 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 still able to focus your mind at the same time. And it, it just really helps for it to ingrain, not only in your mind, but it just goes deeper somehow. I mm -hmm. thought it was beautiful. I was able to, on that day, I tried out the, the praise moves and also the praise, um, the power praise, which I really like because I'm, I'm just getting back into weightlifting again, which I, I really like weightlifting, especially women my age, you know, I'm, I'm 61 and I want to get back into, you know, exercising my muscles. But this is another muscle, isn't it? This is it the most is. important muscle. It's the muscle of our faith and we have mm -hmm. to exercise it every day, all the time, pray without ceasing. And I also was able to do the praise kicks, which I also thought was really fun. So this is really cool. I, I, I really believe this is something that, well, obviously you do too. You've been doing it for, um, I'm not sure how long now, how long have you been doing praise moves? And you've got how many instructors you say all over the world. So where do you see it going? What, what's your ultimate aim with this? 
one thing I wanted to mention, there are so many people who have said to me, I've never been able to memorize scripture before. And what you had said about moving to the word and speaking the word, it's not really memorization. It bypasses the mind. It's spiritual food. This is spiritual food, the bread of life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's right here. That's what Jesus said when he was tempted. And so to have that word of God on the inside comes out of your, your spirit. But yes, it does have a positive effect on, on your mind. The Lord, I believe, gave me praise moves on February 25th, 2001 at 10 30 10 25 in the morning i remember it exactly and i prayed about it for two years Gaitan, because i didn't want anything to do with yoga and i definitely <laughs> was not someone who was like hey give me some controversy yes <laughs> no i didn't want that at all but i really sensed very strongly that we were to call it praise moves the christian alternative all in caps alternative to yoga because it makes people question alternative. Why would there need an alternative in there? And so we have um, been, um, we have, you know, DVDs, Harvest House Publishers contacted me out of the blue, which was, I just heard was amazing. This was back in the early 2000s, did a few books with them, some DVDs, praise moves, power praise moves, 20 minute praise moves. And then we have several hundred instructors all around the world uh, with the, um, with the advent of more Zooms and things online, we've been able to have more online training, online classes, classes happening all over the world. We have um, Praise Moves Gold. We have Praise Moves for Children. We have uh, Power Praise Moves. We have Praise Kicks, Kickboxing with the Word. We have Praise Bar, which is like bar exercise, B-A-R-R-E, but you don't need a ballet bar uh, to do it. It's high intensity, low impact. Uh, I just introduced a brand new certification called um, Praise Lotties, which is Praise Infused Pilates, and it has scriptural affirmations based on healing. We also have mira, which means look in, in Spanish, and it's an alternative to Zumba. We have praise waves, because yoga is also in the water. So where do I see praise moves going? I see it continuing to expand around the world, especially in, in Europe, in India, in Asia. We're largely in uh, Canada and the United States, but I see us reaching out more and more because huh, I'm just hearing this in my heart, where sin abounds, grace that much more abounds. And as things become darker, we need to not uh, be ones, be ones who, who curse the darkness, but to bring the light. And I believe that's what Praise Moves does, that it brings these classes, these opportunities to become healthy, fit witnesses for Christ in spirit, soul, and body, as we like to say, and draw people into the body of Christ that way as well. Perhaps people who wouldn't go to a physical church, they will come to a class and thereby find the fellowship of believers and say, oh, this is kind of nice. Well, I'll come to your church, I'll say. And the changes that happen. I see people saved, healed, delivered. We have so many physical testimonies of healing from people as for people as well. So I see more 
we have more men coming into praise moves uh, finally. And I'm so thrilled about that because there are so many male leaders in yoga. We need to have more men in the Christian alternative to yoga as well. So I would say if someone is interested in trying out the classes, you can go to praisemoves.com and look at online classes. Look to see if there are classes in your area. And if not, maybe the Lord's calling you to uh, become a Praise Moves instructor, a CPI, a Certified Praise Moves instructor. We have online training three times a year in February in June at our international conference and in September. And it's all done online all over the world. If the Lord's calling you, he doesn't always call the equipped, but he does equip the called. So if he's calling you, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I believe that Christians should be the healthiest people on earth because we're made in the image of our creator and the most spiritually in tune and just a, a light to other people. So I would love to um, end with prayer for people listening to this interview, for those that are in yoga right now, for those who perhaps are questioning now based on this interview, or perhaps you know they've been wondering about it before. Would you uh, pray for them? And Let's hope that many people will come to, to know the truth about what this really is. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear. We let them hear what your Holy Spirit is saying to us. Lord, we have eyes to see what you're showing us as well. Lord, you're leading and guiding us into all truth. Your word says that. Lord, if my sister or brother who is listening has been questioning they're doing yoga, I wonder if it's the right thing. I'm, I'm not sure. It's a, it, boy, it sure makes sense in my head, but I, I just don't have a peace in my heart about it. Lord, help them to know your still, small voice and to follow your peace that peace which surpasses, goes beyond understanding, that keeps their heart and mind in the knowledge and love of you. Father God, we love you so much. Lord, help them to see where they've gotten off the path. And Lord, as the light of the world, Lord, your word says that scripture your word is a lamp unto our feet for that next step and a light onto our path down the road. Lord, I ask that through your precious Holy Spirit that you enlighten passages in your word. Bring to their remembrance, Lord, I pray. And enlighten a word, a scripture, where they will know that they know that they know you are leading and guiding them. Lord, we trust in you with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you and you direct, make sure and straight our paths. Your guiding and ordering our every step. I pray a great blessing and empowerment upon Creator Calls podcast, Father. Thank you, Lord, that your word is going forth. Your voice is calling out to people that clarion call. They hear your voice and follow. And Lord, anyone who feels that they've 
been away from the Lord, that they come to you right now. In 1 John 1, 9, your word says, when we confess our sins to you, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So right now, my brother, sister, I ask that you confess to the Lord whatever it is that's between you and him, because I sense that there are believers who are watching now. If you're not a believer, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. I call you Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. Would you say that out loud right now? That I believe that you are Lord Jesus and God raised you from the dead. That's all it takes to be saved. Now, if you've been away from the Lord for a while and you want to get back in fellowship with him right now, confess your sin to him. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I turn away from that sin. That's what repent is. I turn away from that and I turn full face to you. Oh, he's looking at you. He loves you so much. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And the rest of that scripture in 1 John 1, 9 says, when we confess our sins to, to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Yes, even that one. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, anything that's keeping you out of right standing with the Lord. Now receive right now that waterfall of grace. It's like a washing of the water of the word, a washing of the waterfall of grace from the Holy Spirit, just washing away all that sin into the sea of forgetfulness. It's no longer a part of your life. Oh, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to praise him. You're going to love him. You're going to tell someone about Jesus because he is so very, very good. Lord, we thank you and give you glory and honor and credit for all the good that comes from this. In Jesus' precious, holy, and mighty name. Amen. 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 I concur with that prayer. And Lord, I ask that you would lift up Lorette and her husband and this ministry and all of the certified instructors. I pray that it would reach out even way further than where it is now to all of the nations of the earth that people would praise you and they would learn your word as they praise you. I pray that this would grow beyond even Lorette's expectations, far beyond. You say that, that we could have and your plans for us are far more than what we could even imagine for your glory. And I pray that many, many, many would come to know you through this ministry, would leave yoga and realize its deception and come to know the truth in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father. You're waiting as you always are with open arms. Thank you, Lorette. I appreciate you so much for joining us today. It's been such a blessing. Glory to God. Thank you so much, Gaetan. It's been a great pleasure and a great blessing for me too. Thank you. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness. When I accepted that Jesus is the truth that I had been seeking and the only way to eternal life, I was forever changed. In that moment, Jesus rescued me out of the kingdom of darkness and delivered me into his kingdom of glorious light. 
He truly set this captive free. So what about you? Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. When you're ready to receive Jesus as your Savior, just talk to him. He's waiting for you with open arms. Our Creator calls. Are you listening? There is one love, one truth, one way to know. When you turn to the sun, all darkness must go. A voice, a voice calling in your wilderness.